are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Hope everybody had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving holiday weekend. I know I sure did. I mean, anytime you're able to hang out with family and eat a lot of food and watch some sports and be miserable, but for all the right reasons, it's always a good time. And it's a, it's kind of a weird time because, you know, usually Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving weekend involves Razorback football being played. But as we know, with COVID-19 here in 2020, it's it's never a guarantee when it comes to sports and all that. So last weekend, we didn't have any Razorback football, which is a, a pretty big disappointment. And I know that uh, Arkansas got rescheduled against Missouri this weekend uh, to play at 11 a.m. in Columbia, Missouri. It has not been officially made known uh, as far as the date and time of the Bama game. We all assume it'll be December 12th when Arkansas will play them, but uh, we don't know for sure exactly how that's all going to play out. But either way, uh, those are the facts as of right now when recording this podcast. But now that Arkansas is going to be playing Missouri, we had a chance to catch up with Sam Pittman, uh, the head coach of Arkansas today, just for a little bit, and talk about some of the things that he's expecting uh, out of Arkansas, Missouri, as well as uh, what his team is at and what the situation that they find themselves in. And, and first off, the best thing about it is that Sam Pittman is saying, we feel like we're dealing with COVID very well. Uh, we anticipate... Uh, being really close to being at full speed. So uh, pretty much what he's saying is that they, they feel good about where they're at. And, I, and there's no players, there's no specifics, there's nobody that's being mentioned as far as possible players being out or anything like that. Uh, but it certainly seems like Arkansas is back on track. And hopefully they're going to be playing with uh, a full defensive line, for one. And uh, also having Rakeem Boyd back, which will be huge. Uh, having uh, uh, some other pieces back, which is because you're not going to need full speed. You're going to need a full squad to make sure that you take care of business and uh, beat Missouri this weekend. Now, you're not going to have Jalen Catalan for the first half of this game because, you know, stupidity and SEC and refs and suckage. So you're not going to have him. But, you know, I still feel confident about it. And also Sam Pimmons says that last week they were able to go through some of the walkthroughs uh, without actually practicing because of the COVID issues as they were preparing for Missouri as if they were going to be playing them last weekend. So, you know, that was one of the things that I thought was interesting is that now I'm not saying that you have uh, a whole new uh, idea of whether or not Arkansas wins this game, but it certainly makes you feel a little better to know that you just got a, a couple of days in preparation for Missouri ahead of it while Missouri was preparing for that oh wonderful Vanderbilt team that ended up playing. But also, Sam Pittman was talking and asked about uh, coaches and obviously the connections that are made with Razorback coaches. Pretty much Barry Odom. Like, he's kind of the main one. So you got Barry Odom. Uh, you also got Brad Davis, who was the offensive line coach at Missouri, and a few other coaches on staff. So you know that, like, they're in a position to where they're going up against a team that they're very familiar with. And not only that, but Missouri is a team that Sam Pittman has played many times as he was at Georgia over the past few seasons, at every time they ended up playing Missouri. So he has some familiarity with them as well. But when I see that and when I see the stats and I see the numbers and I see the fact that Arkansas may have a connection there 
to Barry Odoms and, and, the, and the Missouri program and all of that, I start to think that this is an extremely an extremely easier path than what it may have been in some other regard or some other place. Like this is something that they can actually overcome and win. It can have a benefit, maybe even an advantage, if you want to call it that, over Missouri just having uh, these particular guys involved. And so I like Arkansas's chances in this game. I really do. And I think that Arkansas is going to win this game and winning, I'm not say convincingly, but Arkansas is the better team. And here's why I also really, really am paying attention to this game for many reasons besides the obvious, is that I'm sick and tired of losing to Missouri. Like, I really am. Uh, I know we'll talk about more about Missouri as the week goes on here on the podcast, but this is a game you need to win. Like, you lost LSU because you didn't have a full squad. You didn't have a full team. And I still think to this day that if you had Rakeem Boyd and if you had your defensive linemen and all that, you would have beaten LSU. Now, if if and butts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But still, I believe that that was the case for Arkansas. Now, against Missouri, you have another great opportunity, an opportunity to kind of get this monkey off your back that you lo- you're losing to a team that you have no business losing to. I even said this on my radio show today. You know, Arkansas losing to Alabama every year, no shame in that, like most people do. And Arkansas really hasn't been close to beating Bama except for like twice. So no shame in that. Losing to AM every year is frustrating, and you have no business doing that every year. But AM, by and large, has been a better team than you, like almost every single time. They've had more talent. They've had uh, better players. Like Everything's been better. So losing to them, although it shouldn't happen every year, is not the end of the world. And it's still frustrating, and you still want to get that victory, but uh, it's certainly a program that, is better than your average SEC program. To me, losing to Missouri every year is unacceptable. You have not beaten them since 2015. And even in 2015, that was a lame duck Missouri team. Like, you had Greg Pinkle, Gary Pinkle, I don't know what I'm Greg, Gary Pinkle uh, basically going in and (laughs) and being uh, a guy that's on his way out because of all the protests and all the crazy things that were happening. The game was in the rain. It was gross. It was disgusting. Missouri football players gave up. They didn't care. Like it was, There was no reason for Arkansas to not win that game and for Missouri to lose that game. So even in that game, the only one you've won since they've joined the SEC, it really wasn't that satisfying because they were terrible. But there's zero excuse for you to lose to Missouri every single year. You can't have it. Won't have it. Missouri is a lesser program. Just being honest. I'm not saying anything against Missouri. I'm not saying that they haven't had successes in the past. But... When it comes to you, you, you guys know, more so than anybody, that Arkansas is a better program. And you need to assure and instill that dominance over them starting this weekend. That's what you need to do. So I think it'll be a great game for Arkansas. I think they'll really come back. I think having the extra week to prepare and the extra time to to come and and get their game plan together is going to be beneficial. Even though Missouri is favored in this game, I don't see any reason why Arkansas doesn't win. But we'll talk about that throughout the rest of the week and and see how this week plays out. And hopefully, hopefully no more cancellations or postponements or players being out due to COVID. Let's all move through that because we don't want ever, none of us, none of us want to see that ever, ever again. Now, after Thanksgiving, folks, we want to relax, right? We worked hard eating all that food and watching all that football and 
you know, we start to feel like, man, now we need to get back to the working out and, and working in the work week and stuff. But you got to take a break. You got to chill. So why not go for the beer that's made to chill? And that's Coors Light. Coors Light is the cold lager, cold filtered, and cold package. And by that meaning, it's literally made to chill. It's a crisp and refreshing as a Colorado Rockies, and it's the perfect for a moment to unwind. I know when I'm sitting back with all these football games going on, like we're going to have Wednesday night football. How crazy is that? with the Steelers and the uh, Ravens. Like, you're going to be able to watch those teams. So when you're just kicking back and relaxing, chill with the beer that's made to chill in Coors Light. It's the one I reach for, and I would suggest you do the same because if you're not doing it, you're really missing out. So reach for that beer that's made to chill, and you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, Razorback basketball was able to uh, play over the weekend at least. Didn't have Razorback football, but did have some basketball and some interesting nuggets that came out of that game. Arkansas gets the victory over the North Texas Mean Green, 69-54, to which you know wasn't as offensively driven as their previous game where they scored over 140 points, but still – it was a good game nonetheless, and a team in North Texas that's better than what people will even understand or even realize, especially the fact that they were picked to finish second in the Conference USA. And so it's a pretty good conference, too, as far as basketball goes. So, this again, I'm not saying this is like the greatest win of all time, but it certainly wasn't some scrub team. North Texas is very well coached. They have a style and a system in place, and they're competitive. But Arkansas took care of business in this game against 69-54, to and – I was looking at the box score just because I watched the game, but sometimes when you watch the game, you can't really get all the the real indications of things unless you look at the box score to go along with it. And I think Connor Vanover was probably, I don't even think he's probably, he was the main attraction in this game. He was the guy that everybody looked at and was hoping to see some sort of indication of whether or not he can be the player that everyone is hoping and wanting him to be. And I think in this game he did. Now, he only had six points. But he had 16 rebounds and six blocks. Like, if you're seven foot three, that's what I want to see. I want to see that rebound number high, and I want to see that block number high. And that's what we got out of Connor Vanover. He only fouled twice, too, which is huge. For a big man like that, especially if they go after him, and as much as they were, he gave up some shots, no doubt. But he stayed out of foul trouble, and that was important as well. His efficiency was really great. He only shot the ball four times. He did take a three, missed it. But only shot the ball four times, made three of them. So he was a very efficient, and it just makes me think of like if you can just get that out of him pretty much every game, which I know is a tall task and a tall ask no matter who you are, but if you can just find a way to make those adjustments throughout the game and get those matchups that you're wanting, that you're needing, then there's no reason why Connor can't continue to be this way and continue to be this good. But he had a great game. Uh, J.D. Note once again had a great game too. Uh, he shot the ball a lot, but 16 points for him goes two of eight from three-point land. Hit one from the hog snout. That was just, uh, uh, I mean, it was incredible. It was either the hog snout or the pigtail, one of the two. It was deep, but he hits he a big three there. Justin Smith, though, was the leading scorer. He goes 18 points and goes seven of 13 from the field. Also has six rebounds and three steals to add into the mix. I'm really excited about him, and he's a freakish, freakishly athletic guy. So Desi Sills has also had a good game, 14 points for him. Moses Moody adds an 11, and uh, that was pretty much it as far as the double-figure points uh, goes for this team. Not a lot of players, only eight of them played for Arkansas in this game. 
lots of minutes by Justin Smith, Connor Vanover, and Desi Sills. But that's this is what you're supposed to expect. You're supposed to expect more and more of these types of games to get figured out and to figure out what role some of these guys are playing. Like, you have time for it. And so, I guess the biggest concern that I had was the free throw shooting. Arkansas went 17-26, to 26, which that, that ain't getting it. That ain't cutting it. So, hopefully they can get those up and those numbers up and, and make the difference in there. So, uh, I at least like what they're trying to do, and I like what Eric Musselman's trying to do in figuring out roles and pieces and where guys need to stand and where they need to be and how good they need to be at it. The thing is, though, is as, as excited I am about this team, I still have my doubts. I still have my reservations. But the thing about Arkansas this year is that the expectation is high. Don't get me wrong. We all talked about it. Expectations high, Arkansas basketball. You know, People think that this needs to be the year that they make the tournament and maybe even make a run because of the talent that they have. And they may do it. And I have my doubts. I have my reservations because we all know that once you get to the NCAA tournament, anything can happen. We also know the SEC is a very competitive conference. And we also know that COVID is going to be weird because COVID has been problematic. And football, there's a very good chance that it will even have actually be better of a chance. They'll have a problem in basketball as well. But here's the thing that I like about this Arkansas team that I think is really going to be the difference in this team being just an average team to a great team. It's their options. They have options, a ton of options. Like last year, Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe, if they didn't play well, you were going to lose. Plain and simple. You know, in previous years, it was Daryl Macon and Jalen Barford. Those guys didn't play well, you were going to lose. If it wasn't, I mean, I know I'm really going back here. If it wasn't Michael Qualls and Bobby Portis, you know, if those guys didn't play well, you weren't going to win. And I know you could add in some other players there that had to play well, and there was Kai Madden or – uh, a Daniel Gafford when the Barford and Macon were there, or, or uh, you know, uh, a Moses Kingsley. Like somebody, there was always a third guy, but you always went just as those other two players went, is my point. That's not the case this year. You know, you could have eight different players. I'd say seven or eight different players that if you told me they led the team in scoring on any given night, I would not be surprised. If Connor Vanover leads the team in scoring, I won't be surprised. Justin Smith did it over the weekend against North Texas, so obviously I won't be surprised. Moses Moody, won't be surprised. Desi Sills, won't be surprised. I mean, Jalen Tate even. I know he didn't shoot a lot, or he did shoot a few, but didn't get it. Like, wouldn't surprise me if he did. Obviously, J.D. Note is capable of it. K.K. Robinson even. Yeah, I could see it happening. Like, it's the options that you have. You're no longer having to rely on one or two players get buckets in order for you to even have a chance at winning. Like, if everyone goes towards one player, you have other players that are willing to step up and make throws and make passes and make baskets and, and make them all. Like, that's exactly what you want. And so that's where my positivity comes in for this basketball team is I just like their options. I like how they approach the game. I like how they are into the game. And I like how um, Eric Musselman wants to figure out their roles in these games. And that's what time will tell. we got plenty of games. we got plenty of time. we got plenty of – games and seasons and all that stuff to figure out what Eric Musselman's going to do here as well as what these players are going to do here this year. But I really like what I'm seeing thus far, and I think all of you do as well. So should be very interesting to see how all that plays out. We'll talk about some more stuff going on in the world of sports here in just a second. But first, you've heard me tell you about BuiltBar.com. You mentioned uh, Thanksgiving, and all of you, all of you are like, man, I ate too much. I got to get back in the gym. Well, luckily for you, there is a food item called Built Bar that not only is healthy for you, but it tastes amazing. 
which is a rare combination. Also, it's very easy because it's convenient with 18 different flavors, and you can just eat them on the go. It makes it easy. They're very healthy, and the amount of different flavors that they have makes it that much better. So if you go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, folks, you get 20% off. That's it. BillBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off your next order. And it doesn't matter how many you order. You can order the entire store if you wanted to. No matter what you do, no matter how much you order, if you use that promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off. Go do it, folks, at BuiltBar.com. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, I know we talk mainly about Razorbacks on here, and that's fine, but uh, a few of you have uh, reached out to me and wanted me to give my thoughts and opinions on uh, this thing with Vandy and Derek Mason getting fired and Sarah Fuller, the kicker there, and and all that. And, you know, it's a controversial thing, I think, especially if someone gives their opinion that doesn't line up with other people's opinions and then you just get labeled as being a terrible human being, which I hate more than anything. If you have a if you have a differing of opinion with me on anything, even some I feel passionately about, I'll never think you're a bad person. But this is just the way it is on social media and the way things are done, I guess, uh, when it comes to the world of sports. But anyway, Sarah Fuller was the kicker for Vanderbilt over the weekend as they played Missouri. She's a uh, she was on the Vanderbilt so- uh, soccer team. In fact, the women's soccer team that beat Arkansas in the SEC title game, and you know she got a lot of notoriety and, and interviews and all this stuff and. Uh, Derek Mason got fired, and now everyone keeps continuing to talk about her and all this. You know, I uh, I have my own opinion on this matter, and uh, it's it's a tough one because again, there's everybody's going to label me as things. But I want to say this with the utmost respect that I was rooting for Sarah Fuller to do well. I was actually rooting for her to kick a game-winning field goal of 50 yards. Like I wanted to see that. I want to see her do well. I want to see her continue to do well. And I hope that she continues to have a chance with Vanderbilt and maybe she'll make a field goal or two. I'm, I'm hoping to. But in this game, it was the big storyline, and she walks out there on the kickoff after halftime. That was the only time she even got on the field. She kicks a 30-yard squib kick uh, right into the sideline, and, and you know that was it. That's all we saw from her. So I thought it was a cool story. I mean, anytime you have the first female in Power 5 sports to take the field, it's a big deal. Like It's a very big deal, and it's awesome. But – the reaction to that is what really kind of bothered me. The reaction she got from so many blue checks and and, Martin, and media members is almost like it, it was kind of exhausting. Like I couldn't imagine being a Vanderbilt football player and you're on scholarship and you've been busting your butt week in and week out in practice and yet you suck so bad. Like you're terrible. And you keep losing, and everyone's mad. No one's coming to games. You're no one's talking about you. No one cares. It's gotta be tough. But yet, on this day, when you're getting your brains beat in, this girl that doesn't been on the team at all the entire season comes in, kicks a kick, and all of a sudden she's the talk of the neighborhood. Everyone's interviewing her. They're wanting to talk with her. She ends up winning special teams co-player of the week in the SEC. It, it just becomes. Like, what is this really about? Like, what, why, why is this the case? Why is it having to be this way? Like, I want her to do well, but I also don't want her and what she accomplished to cover up and to go over the top with uh, people that have been on the team that may not have been able to have the credit that they deserve. Like, 
Sarah Fuller deserves all the credit already because she's a phenomenal athlete. Like she plays on Vanderbilt's soccer team. She won an SEC title game, and like she she doesn't have to like prove anything to anybody as how good of an athlete he is. But so many people in the blue check brigade treated her like she was like you know, like Rudy, where she's just so small and has no business being with men, but yet she powered through and she'd be like, no, she doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. This doesn't justify her as an athlete. She already is a phenomenal athlete that deserves the credit in that regard. And I just felt like it was really disingenuous for the -the over-the-top reaction that she got, and it's not her fault. But so many people were just trying to make it something out of nothing, and it just... It was kind of nauseating, and I feel bad for the Vanderbilt players, and I feel bad for, uh, you know, maybe if there's other special teams players that could have been more deserving of the special teams co-player of the week or, or anything like that. It just seems like it was all a charade and a PR stunt, and it continues to be. And that frustrates me because I don't want to see that in any sport. I hate PR stunts in, in, in any regard, but uh, when it comes to the world of sports, everybody wants to just see sports. They want to see greatness, not PR stunts. So I just felt bad for her. I felt bad for her, and I felt – for not only the reaction she got, but she'll be okay. But again, I, don't, I hope she does well. I hope she continues to to kick for him, and I hope she can make some field goals and all that. But it was really, really sad to see some of the reactions and some of the over the top reactions people were giving her, like treating her like she's just you know really defied all the odds, and how you know she she came into play because nobody uh, thought she was good enough for an athlete. And then she just comes in and was like, no, well, she, she's a great athlete as it is. She doesn't need anybody else justification for that. So I just want to share my thoughts on, it. And I'm sure all you guys will agree completely and not even get mad at me whatsoever. So anyways, it's neither here nor there. Appreciate everybody listening into the locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google play. Also get after me on Twitter at buzz, John neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.